0: Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: One thirty or 2 o'clock, I called Wilbon and I said, I'm not watching The Red Zone, I'm watching Tiger. And you started to scold me, didn't you? You started to scold yeah. me. Yeah.
0: And then? Yeah. And then? <laughs> I, well,
1: it, it was almost simultaneously. So I talked to you and you said, yeah, I'm watching Tiger. I, you could, you're going to scream, but I'm watching Tiger. Yeah. And then uh, 20 seconds later, I hang up with you. I, I get a call from Neville. And he says, Look, you're going to go crazy, but I'm watching Tiger.
0: <laughs> this is General George Washington, and you're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: All righty then. Chris is with us today. He is sitting six feet across from Uncle Ben from me on Uncle Benny's table. Nigel is here. As I said, Michael has the week off because he has a very, very good boss. And I wanted to start with our friend Greg Garcia. Greg Garcia has been in the habit recently of sending caramels to people. Mm. They're from like a good earth kind of place. They're right. from a place, you know, that wants to save the rainforest, I assume. I mean, they're very nice, although I have to say he sent more last year than this year. But you know what? <laughs> Hello, skimpy. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So I got this package a couple of days ago, and I sent him the following text. If you sent me caramels this year, they have arrived, and I thank you, and I plan to eat them like a ravenous porcupine. If you didn't send me these caramels, well, you should have. Have good holidays, be funny. Tony says, I did, and you're welcome. And then later on, he just says, I forgot to ask, did they send a note with the caramels? And I wrote, I didn't see one other than the one that said, give me all your money, I have a gub. But everybody sends that. I, you know, because I'm always auditioning for Greg. Yes. In case he needs a comedy. Cha-cha-cha. And he says it was supposed to say, please reconsider love Tamami Nakamura. And I said, oh, wait, it did. I figured that was a note for somebody else. And then he sent it. he's the CEO of Subaru of America. It's brilliant. It's totally brilliant. And I wrote, oh, God, I had no idea. Subaru. Ha. Now you got a note as well. I did. By the way, these caramels are awfully good. They're fantastic.
2: Yes. Yes. Thank you, Greg. Um, So I got a note, and I just assume he sent the same note to everybody. It just said, I'm going to keep sending these to you until you get diabetes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So these are... Yeah, my note didn't say anything. (laughs) These are Greg's notes. (laughs) The caramels are very good. Yes. And... um, and I just, I didn't even, I assumed that was for somebody yeah. else. that That's like a three-level
3: I mean, no. layer joke. Really I mean, is. you got you, gotta, just you if you have to go to Wikipedia for it. <laughs> yes, like that's do.
1: totally brilliant. Totally brilliant. Um, this is, and we got notice about this the other day from uh, our listener in Ireland, that yes, this is the shortest day of the year, mm-hmm. but the evening sun has already begun by just a couple of seconds that's right. to elongate the morning light is still retreating is still retreating it's an odd thing it's not an absolute it works out mathematically to the shortest day of the year but it has always troubled me that on either end it's It's not not, finite right i don't really understand it so that was explained to me i got this note from uh from steve the sycophant as well okay tuesday december 21st that's today is the date we've eagerly been awaiting the winter solstice and your ever-increasing confusion as to what it means. In very simple terms, (laughs) here it is. This year at 10.59 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Earth's northern hemisphere is tilted as far away from the sun as possible. This marks the beginning of winter with the least amount of daylight for the year, and the sun being at its lowest on the horizon. If you stand outside at noon, don't be afraid. The shadow you cast will be the longest of the year. Conversely, your noon shadow for the summer solstice will be the shortest. Now, although the amount of sunlight may seem to vary slightly, that's only because Apollo, the god of the sun, likes to play the occasional prank. Ignore him. (laughs) Just enjoy the gradually lengthening days while you shine your golf clubs. Um, I remember being in the Winter Olympics in Norway, in Lillehammer, Norway, which is so close to Oslo. I mean, it's not... It's not in the northern climes of Norway. It's not above the Arctic Circle. It's not at the Arctic Circle or anything like that. But it's Norway. It's far north relative to Washington, D.C. Even Boston. Norway further north than Boston. (laughs) Mm. The sun, and these the Winter Olympics were in January, January and February. There were not any later than that. The sun, though very, very bright when it came out, Never got above two o'clock in the sky. Mm-hmm. It never did, you know. And it was dark at three or something like that. The further north you go, the less light you you get in the course of the day. Anyway, although in the summer, it's in the summer if you're in Scotland. You can play golf till midnight. It's like Alaska. Yes. All the baseball leagues oh, sure. in Alaska—they yes. they start games at ten o'clock at night in the baseball leagues in Alaska. That's a function of being north, right? The same would be true in the southern hemisphere. The further south you go, the penguins same, down there. The same would be true. Playing right? golf until midnight. <laughs> yeah, but right. that would be true. Yes,
3: right? I I've always thought it was weird. You know, the people who work on in the cir- Arctic and Antarctic circles, and yeah. like it's dark. All the time, the to- like literally, the sun never. Like, yeah, you've what got is like that? a month
2: where the sun will never shine. It's just darkness. I mean,
3: you got to so- have a lot of internal optimism. That is not a job that would be good for
1: me. Like it never is light. I remember reading when I was in high school. This is something I've never forgotten. I don't even know if it's true, but I read that the suicide rate is significantly higher. In these northern I mean, climes, it makes
3: sense. Uh, never, it's never yeah, any dark all the
1: time. Yeah. The Scandinavian countries, Iceland, places like I that, mean, Greenland. Uh,
3: growing up in Connecticut, I which is not Norway, no. I distinctly There's remember. There's a sign when you get, it says nutmeg State, yes. not Norway. It's true. There's <laughs> a lot of confusion about that. Um, I remember getting, getting home from school, it'd be like 3.20 and it would be twilight. I mean, it's a nightmare in the winter. It's, it's dark all the time. Yeah. So I,
1: I think I've said this on the air. When Michael and Liz went to Boston for graduate degrees, they got there in September. Oh, they loved it. Man, you mm-hmm. can walk to Fenway. Crisp. And they just love it. Everything yeah. about it. Just wait. By January, <laughs> they said, God, this is awful. It's raw, mm-hmm. it's wet, it's cold, and it's dark at 3.30. Just the worst. Yeah. New England,
3: bless its heart, where I grew up, just the worst. I just yeah. couldn't, I could not ever do it again. I would imagine yeah.
1: Northern Maine is oh, even sure. is worse. Yeah, and- Northern Maine may be Norway. <laughs> it may be on the same latitude yeah, very as well I mean, Crow, it just- I know. We're supposed to go to Quebec post
3: Christmas Quebec's beautiful. A, a, a present from my mom which has already been cancelled once and I fear is going to be cancelled again. Mm. Um, but I looked it up and average temperature up there in December is 21 so I'm not totally well, doesn't it to also
1: that. isn't the average temperature colder in January and maybe even into February than it is in December? Isn't it much colder? I,
3: I mean, I assume. I've only looked at December because that's when we're – December, January, that's when we're going. Yeah. But it just looks miserable.
1: So there were two football games on last night, and they weren't worth very much. <sighs> no. They weren't much fun. The Las Vegas game, yes, you could say it had a great ending, but it wasn't much of a game. It really wasn't much of a game. The Chicago-Minnesota game wasn't any kind of a game. And, and you know Wilbon is probably happy because yes. Nagy had meltdowns all over the place. Just terrible. Because he knows he's going to be canned. <clears throat> Yes. He knows this. He, yes. he, they're not keeping him, and and uh, the fact that he drafted Justin Fields and isn't going to be around to watch Justin Fields get to be good or not good. And or Justin Fields was pretty good last year. Okay.
3: Two sixty something. I mean, he
1: wasn't. He wasn't. He didn't throw the ball away a bunch. He's okay. You know, all of the rookie quarterbacks. I think are okay. Well, no, we don't. We don't know about the guy in San Francisco. Hasn't played because Garoppolo, Trey Lance, yeah. Garoppolo's record as a starter is something like thirty-three and thirteen. So why would you? Yep. I don't really understand the whole thing with Kyle Shanahan and the mystery about who you're going to draft and and taking Trey Lance when your quarterback, though fragile, though fragile, is a good quarterback. You're not going to put a rookie in over Jimmy Garoppolo. No, nope. Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy. That Bill Belichick wanted to keep and replace Tom Brady with, yeah, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, not a rum dum, not <laughs> just just injury prone. Yes, very. The fragile. two
3: highest picks, I think, have been the worst, but I think that's situational, right? So I tr- agree. Trevor Lawrence has been actively oh, bad, sure. but I mean, you know, he's on Urban a ter- terrible Meyer, team. And Zach Wilson and yeah, Zach has yeah, been is right? quite bad. Yeah, you know, I mean, Mac, Mac Jones
1: has been good. Mac Jones is the best of them so far. Justin Fields on a better team than those other two guys. Right. But not as good a team as the Patriots. Justin Fields has a chance to be a good quarterback. It's where you land. Yeah. You know, it's where you land. You'd be the greatest quarterback in the world. If you don't land in the right spot, it doesn't help you. Now most of these quarterback rookie quarterbacks take their lumps in their first years. Like Troy Aikman did. Peyton oh, Manning sure. did. You know, number one overalls. Because you're not with a good team most of the time. Although that was not the case with Andrew Luck. Because there was a trade situation mm-hmm. there, and so Andrew Luck w- walked into a good cult. I had
3: forgot. It's amazing how short, at least my my sports memory is. I totally forgot about him. I and mean, he retired like two years ago. Yeah, he could have been great. Yeah, I mean, he could have been. He was he pretty great up. when he played. Yeah,
1: he got beaten up. That's And it what doesn't. You worry it does about. not
3: appear as though I we I remember we were on when it happened, and we I talked doubted, about I it. I doubted, and that. I I think we we I certainly thought that it would be a brief retirement like Me too. oh he's banged up Me too. And, but when he feels better he'll yeah. come back because no, he's, he's only he, he's not he was twenty-eight. he was 28 <laughs> when he did it
1: 27 28 <sighs> but, i said sure he'll but be back. It, there
3: hasn't even been a rumor of that
1: well there was at one point the mad tweeter said that he'd love to have oh, a yeah, but, yeah. That, but, but i mean that could but be. andrew luck said be. no right away yeah so there are there are another two games today um the washington football team is playing at philadelphia and we are waiting for that for Chuck Todd and for the Monkey because that's their last game. Jeff Ma lost last night going with Chicago in a divisional game. So is he two and three? Two and three. So right. he's still way over oh, five hundred, sure. and he's fantastic. the only person and the only Simeon way over five hundred at the moment. Mm-hmm. Although Carville had a good week. Chuck Todd can go five and two. Um, he picked Philadelphia. Uh, he can go five and two, and the Monkey can go one and two. The Monkey's 0-2. I don't want to bring
3: one. up an uncomfortable subject about. Moving lines given what happened with the Chuck Todd segment last week. <laughs> but, um, what do we know what the line wound up on on Washington football team Philadelphia? Because it, was, it, it, it went, went from like to nine three to like yeah, 10, crazy. yeah. So yeah. I don't, I don't, because they still don't know who the quarterback is going to be. Because I believe what both of them, Heineke and Allen, are still in the COVID protocols, today? so it's
2: going to be that guy, Garrett. Gilbert Grape? I don't know who that is, yeah.
1: Garrett, he Cole, Gilbert
3: think. Grape? Garrett Cole, I Garrett Cole. that great <laughs>
2: fastball. <laughs> Electric arm. Washington now getting six and a half. So
1: it's... Adam <laughs> <so it's laughs> it, don't so it, really. it okay. a Four and a half, nine and a half. I don't know what, what we're supposed to do. I think the line don't you not is the line you get. Yeah, I think that's the way But Chuck to take did it. send me a note. He said, it's impossible to win this week because everything is in flux. But I would, it up, I would think... I would think that when you go and put your money down, either at a regular legal place or with a bookie, it is the line that you've agreed upon. Yes, it's what yes. At get, that what you get. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's that why point. you want to get those lines early. So I think that Chuck Todd is in a better. If you're taking Philadelphia, the fewer points you have to yep. give to Washington, the better. Yeah. Right. So but the, I, but I mean, we still like Garrett Gilbert
3: could be the. Co- I mean, that's a. Great. Well, who, well, who played quarterback for the Browns yesterday? It was that Mullins, Mullins guy. He's, he's from Mississippi State. Yeah, but he he's okay. Like, I, he play, he, he's played. Well, he was on San Francisco. Yeah, he, he put played. in
1: the winning touchdown. Yeah. They just didn't win the game. Yeah. yeah. So when he left the field, they were ahead. You can't blame him. I wanted to read this one thing because it's a lovely email. It's longer than we're used to, but I wanted to read it. It's from Sam Henderson in Waco, Texas. And he writes, I suppose anyone can write in to claim to be an expert in this, that, or the other. But I am a professor of theater and film, a professional actor, filmmaker, and musician. I won't waste time listing my bona fides here, but in the words of the great philosopher Shaquille O'Neal, Google me, Chuck. <laughs> I, might, it's a great line. I might also add I composed this message in my head on the way to rehearsals for Our Town at the Dallas Theatre Center. We open in February, but tickets are available now. I'll begin by adding an addendum. Make no mistake, Singing in the Rain is the most important movie musical of all time, and it's not even close. West Side Story is a fine film, but it doesn't exist without Singing in the Rain. It would have lived on stage, but it would have never been a film without singing, and that's an important distinction. Singing in the Rain is the Citizen Kane of movie musicals, full stop. I'm good with that. I'm I'm good with that whole notion. That's Gene Kelly, Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly, maybe, but certainly Gene Kelly. Certainly Gene Kelly, yes. That being said, on paper, West Side Story represents just about everything I despise. Despite being a professional theater practitioner, I don't like musicals. I can admire them or appreciate them, but I don't prefer them. I'll take Death of a Salesman over Cabaret any day of the week. As a self-professed cinephile, I also despise remakes and reboots. They usually represent money grabs, you know, the answer to everything, and a complete and utter lack of originality. They're lazy and they should be banned. This is a great email. Good take. Now there's a turn. It's It's like the Stephen A. Smith of theater takes. Now there's a turn. (laughs) However, I had the privilege of attending an advanced screening of Spielberg's West Side Story, and Anne is right. It is stunning. It, in fact, proves an exception. A true tour the equal of Scorsese, Fellini, Kubrick, or Spielberg, has the right to remake, reboot, or reinterpret however they see fit. If the ghost of Ingmar Bergman rose from the grave and wanted to remake The Godfather, it would have every right to do so. I would buy into your skepticism if this was made by, say, Michael Bay, who has no right to make anything, <laughs> let alone comment on a classic. One last note to add to Anne's (laughs) praise of films. The most overlooked element of filmmaking is color. It's what makes film, film. Audiences take it for granted because it's not as sexy as the performances or cinematography. It's even less understood than editing. Color makes this film. There's an overwhelming amount of color detail from scene to scene, costume to costume, and throughout the also stellar production design. This film is worth viewing on its filmmaking merits alone. I might not have convinced you to give it a chance, but perhaps this will suffice as an application to be the Tony Kornheiser Show resident cinephile, a recovering Cowboys fan, Sam. That's a great piece of writing. That really is. Come on. Good take. That's a great he piece He composed of it on the way to theater practice. <laughs> it's really good. Really good. Right, we will take a break when we return, uh, Brian Windhorst. That is correct. And we'll talk to Chris later in the show about our fears and Chris's fears, oh, which well, is... This will be a great segment. Stay
3: tuned, folks.
1: <laughs> I'm Tony Kornheiser
0: you're listening to the tony kornheiser show
2: well since michael's not here it's up to me to tell you fine folks about expressvpn and i love it because i've got it on all my devices and you will want to get it too because it keeps your information safe using the internet without expressvpn is like leaving your keys in your car while you're running to the gas station for a snack most of the time, you're probably fine. But what if you come back to see someone driving off with your car? Well, that's not going to be good, is it? So why do you need a VPN? Because every time you connect to an unencrypted network, whether it's at a restaurant, a hotel, an airport, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data. That's like your passwords or your financial information, the stuff you don't want anyone else to have. Now, it doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone. It's just some cheap hardware is needed to do it, like basically a 12-year-old could do it, or a monkey. Reginald probably. Could do this now. Your data is valuable. This is why they do it because hacking can make up to a thousand dollars per person selling your personal info on the dark web. So why are you going to use ExpressVPN? I'll tell you why. An encrypted tunnel is created. It creates a, a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet, and hackers cannot steal your sensitive data. And it's super secure. It would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. That's quite a long time. Give or take a few million years, but I think you get the point. And it works on all devices, your phones, your laptops, your tablets. So wherever you go, you can stay safe and secure on the go. Now, as I said, I've got this on all my devices. I love it because it's incredibly easy. You just tap a button, seconds later, you've got the connection, and everything is safe. And I love knowing that all my data is safe. I don't want anyone peeking in on what I've got and stealing my data. So you're going to want to get this too. How do you do that? Secure your online data today by visiting slash tony that's e-x-p-r-e-s-s com slash tony and you get an extra three months free how about that expressvpn.com slash tony and as tony would say use the code people you're listening
0: to the tony kornheiser show
1: let me read this from rich roberts in provo utah Long time, first time. Perhaps I should have written 20 years earlier thanking you for your ESPN radio show as Paul Simons, the boy in the bubble, played you out. Or more recently, I should have confessed my existential crisis as the current owner of both a BMW 528 and a Subaru Outback. (laughs) Your psychological burden being the imagined recipient of Mr. Tony's simultaneous approval and disappointment. I'm writing now in hopes that you will listen to and play a couple of songs from Harper's recently released Eponymous. Is that that Eponymous? Eponymous. Not hippopotamus, or not shankopotamus, eponymous album. I met Jacob Beck, lead singer and principal songwriter of Harper's, following a battle of the bands a few years ago, where Harper's blue rock riffs, rising choruses, and soulful energy stole the show. In the years since, Harper's has honed a uniquely southwestern rock and roll sound with harmonies, pedal steel, and lyrical precision. This is By and By. We will play Harper's again later. They're talented. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll do it later. This is By and By, and it plays in Brian Windhorst. And we haven't talked to Brian in a while, and I haven't done anything with the NBA, and that's probably because Wilbon is all over the NBA all the time, and I need a break from the NBA. But it strikes me, Brian, that the NBA is is in a crisis at the moment. They're looking at Saturday, Christmas, as that's their opening day, and it's their biggest day of the year before the finals. Christmas Day for the NBA is a real big deal. And they're rampant with COVID. The NHL isn't on Christmas. It isn't, you know, the, the NHL doesn't announce itself in the same way that the NBA does two months into the season. What, What is, where is the league on COVID and where is the league on Christmas? What, what are we talking about here?
4: Well, you know, Tony, it's obviously a bummer, um, but I think the league is trying to prioritize things and they're not happy about Christmas. Um, we're not going to have the star-studded uh, uh, menu that we normally have, and there's nothing they can do about it. They are trying to manage. They, they basically decided they're gonna they're gonna plow through this um, if they can, and if the team, they've changed the rules on roster rules. The team can sign. An unlimited number of replacement players, and so they basically are saying, "If we have to play games with essentially G League rosters, yes, we will. G League
1: Christmas, yeah, yeah, welcome to G League Christmas. Nobody's going to want to watch it, right? It's fantastic. Yeah, nobody's going to yeah. want to watch <laughs> it. So, <laughs> all right, so Tony, I, I'm,
4: a, I'm a I'm a realist, and I'm just going to be real about this. Um, the right. reality is, the league knows that that it's out of their control." So they they are saying, look, we we would rather have a G League Christmas than no Christmas at all. So we are contracted to provide the product. The product will be provided. We are not contracted to deliver a star-studded product. Obviously, that's better for our partner, ESPN ABC, but we will deliver the games. The games, we will do our part to make sure that there are teams uh, in uniforms, uh, available to play. And the games will go on the air. And, you know, again, let me be a realist here. The hand for this Christmas for us at ESPN was not good because Christmas this year is on a Saturday. And that meant there are three NFL games. And that meant it was not going to be great ratings. I wish I could tell you that the NBA was in a good ratings position against the NFL, but that is no. not true. No. And so, like, what, if, if you're going to have an honest conversation about the ratings, and if you're going to rip the NBA about the ratings and, 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 and you know talk about their position with COVID, you have to be honest that they were not going to have a good ratings Christmas anyway, not against three NFL games. And I haven't looked at the calendar. I don't think next year is a leap year. So that means next year Christmas Sunday. is going to be on a Sunday. And my guess Worse. is, while it may not be a full NFL slate, my guess is it will be a, a, another heavy NFL slate. So I will predict that... Christmas uh, 2021 20, uh, and 2022 will not have good ratings. And then in Christmas 2023, they will be much, much better because there will probably just be one game on Christmas on a Monday, and everybody will talk about how much the NBA has recovered, thank goodness. So just going to be honest with you, I don't think the ratings are going to be great anyway.
1: Well, but they're going to be great in the Wilbon household. I guarantee you that. But he they will... still
4: will be. If you yeah. like basketball, you will watch the games. That's you know, that's, the, that's the way it will be. So.
1: Here, I have a bunch of questions. It seems to me, and I may be wrong about this, but I'll bet they're actually discussing at all the leagues, let's not test at all. Let's just reclassify people. Let's just say they're good to go. Let's just put them out there. They're asymptomatic. Who's kidding who? Do you think that's being discussed? Because I do. I,
4: I think they'll they'll rediscuss who they're going to test. So, like, there is as of right now as I'm talking to you, and I don't know what it'll be by noon. But as of right now, there's 19 NBA teams that have players with positives. But we know that probably all 30 teams have players who have positive. And if it's not 30, it's 27. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what, what has happened is a player has symptoms. He goes and gets tested and is positive. Now the whole team gets tested and it's like, Oh, now we've got six players who are positive. Uh, but the, another team that, you know, that has asymptomatic players will just play on. We know that last night in the NBA, there were probably numerous players playing out there who are COVID positive. And this is an important distinction to make because my words could be used against me here, and I, and I don't want to – I just want to be clear, for the NBA, and I'll say it again, for the NBA, this is not a health crisis. This is a positivity crisis. The right. majority of players have and light symptoms yes uh or or no or symptoms and and that yeah. is because I believe not being a doctor or antheologist is because I believe that number one, the strain seems to be a little bit lighter, and number two ninety nine or 98 percent of the league is vaccinated to some degree, and that combination I think is resulting in mostly positive outcomes, and so it's changed. The league and the outlook on everything has changed since one one positive in in 2020 shut the league down. That's not the way they're operating now. So. Where's
1: Rudy Gobert when you right. need him? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. So and I agree uh, with I agree with you up and down the line. Um, I, I I am baffled by this. I think I say this every day on this show or somewhere else. I'm baffled by this. These people are vaccinated, and so many of them are contracting the virus. Now, Wilbon says, no, the point of vaccination isn't to prevent the virus. It's to mitigate the the terrible effects. And I say, I thought it was to prevent the virus. I didn't know it was to mitigate. I thought if you got the vaccine, because at my age, I figured I'm getting a vaccine so I don't get the virus. Do you have any – is there a position that the league takes that if everybody is vaccinated – how are they getting so many positive cases?
4: Well, it's both. Uh, the vaccine is for both, Tony. It's, it's for both um, uh, preventing the, uh, infection yeah. and also preventing you from severe infection. But I will just tell you, again, not being an epidemiologist, from the day that the vaccine in, in numbers came out, which was a week after the 2020 election, um, much to the consternation of the former president, Yeah. Um, uh, when, when Pfizer and then Moderna discussed its percentages, they discussed its percentages in preventing severe um, outcomes. So that's been true. But but here's just the reality. And, a- again, I'm just going off what I was watching in South Africa. That This variant went from being undetected to being, like, 75% of the cases in South Africa within, like, a couple of weeks. Yeah. And we're now seeing that here. Um, in early November, we didn't know uh, the, the word Omicron unless you uh, studied Greek. You didn't even know what the I, I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. And now it's around 75 percent of the new cases. So, frankly, it's just a—it's just preposterously contagious, preposterously contagious, and, um, you know, they say as contagious
3: our... as measles to, to Brian's point, which is, you know, long been yeah. the most contagious, <clears throat> you Yeah. Know.
4: and, you know, just I can just tell you on our staff at ESPN, which is traveling around the league, we've had, you know, without <laughs> revealing any names, we've had an, a number of infections on our staff who is traveling around covering the NBA in the last three, four weeks, way more in the last three, four weeks than we had in the last year. So I can continue to offer samples that I'm seeing, and these folks, my co-workers, are vaccinated. Um, you know, I, they, we're seeing it in all walks of American life. So uh, you're probably going to see it in your life, too. Um, more people that you know are probably going to be positive. And well, I just, you know, I, if, I,
1: if I'm if i positive, I just hope it's mild because I have two shots and a booster. So, I mean, same, that's, same, same you know. Days, Tony. Same. Hmm? Yeah. Same. I don't want to die from this. Yeah, that's probably advisable. Right. Is there cooperation between Adam Silver and the NBA Players Association? Are they working on this together?
4: Pretty much everything that the league has wanted to get done for the last year and a half related to COVID, the league has gotten done.
1: Okay. So So, that's good. That's a good sign.
4: Yeah. And I think the, 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 the fight that they're having now is this. You're an NBA player. Maybe you weren't real crazy about getting vaccinated for whatever reason. But the way the, the rules came down, you realized, all right, I better do it. Uh, so you got vaccinated. And then uh, the, the league you know, started to talk about the booster, especially if you got that Johnson & Johnson shot, which, which a lot of NBA players got because they only wanted one injection. And they started telling them, hey, you really got to get boosted. And then they told them, hey, if you don't get boosted, we're going to consider, consider you unvaccinated, and, and, and the rules about being unvaccinated make it unpleasant to be an NBA player. You can't eat with your teammates, you can't sit in certain places. All right, so now you got boosted. So you've done what the league has told you. you you've gotten the, the vaccine and you've gotten boosted, um, and you're still and you're still sitting at home because you came down with a with an infect with a uh, positive test. And maybe you've got a sore throat, maybe you've got a cough, maybe you're really sick, but you're not. You know, um uh, you know, really, really sick, um, and you're like, what's going on here? You know you know, why do I have to keep telling you um, uh, why do I have to keep doing this when it's not helping me? That is the fight that the play that the uh that this league is gonna have with the with the union, you know going forward because you know that there's gonna be need for additional shots because that's maybe the nature yeah. of it, additional. Yeah. Uh, boosters and, and things like that. That's what's, what's going to be the fight. The players who have begrudgingly, you know, there's some players who are like, okay, let's go. Let me get vaccinated. I mean, that's the way I believe in my life. I was first in line for all three shots. As soon as I was eligible, I was right there. Uh, but not everybody believes that. And for the guys who, who don't believe that and still did it and still are sitting on the sidelines or are watching half of their team on the sidelines, um, uh, that's going to be a, a challenge for the league, you know, going forward.
1: I've t- I've said this before. I would take a shot every Monday if they said here's a mm-hmm. shot, I'd take it me every too. Monday. Me um too. this leads the discussion of course invariably leads to Kyrie Irving, who was famously not vaccinated, and who the Nets seems to me have caved in on. You know, they've caved in on themselves to just get him back. And of course within the first hour he tested positive. What's the deal with him? Why'd the Nets do this? So I
4: know that the Nets are saying that they did this because of the overwhelming number of positives. And they just, they just needed to have some more bodies. Although if you are, have any common sense and you're seeing how everybody's testing positive, um, you know that there, it was an absolute inevitability. In fact, um, a couple of players who are publicly unvaccinated, um, Josh Richardson from the, uh, from the Boston Celtics, he, tested positive for the fourth time in the last few days. I said that correctly, the fourth time he's been positive. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., who is out right now with after surgery, he has publicly talked about how he is unvaccinated. He is positive for the third time uh, currently right now. So for someone who is publicly unvaccinated, you do not, again, have to have an advanced degree to come to the conclusion that an infection in the NBA is likely, especially at this time. So Kyrie coming, uh, becoming a positive is, was 0% surprising. And you could even argue with the hope that he recovers. You could even argue that the Nets having Kyrie out at the same time as Harden and Durant are out actually is not a terrible outcome because the, the hope would be that they have a level of antibodies and they can come back and instead of... You know, already you're looking at barely being able to be playing Kyrie half the games. Um, You know, theoretically, with antibodies, maybe they would avoid an infection the rest of the season, and they could have some hope of playing together. But of course, that's assuming some things we don't really know. Um, But but the point that you asked about, Tony, they were the, the Nets players, and what I really mean is Durant and Harden were campaigning for Kyrie even before this outbreak happened. The Nets used the outbreak as an excuse for why they uh, pivoted. I'll, I'll use that verb, pivoted. Um, you can use other verbs if you'd like. Um, but I, I remember being with the Nets too, uh, about a week and a half ago in Atlanta, and Harden was complaining about his minute load. Um, that he was playing too many minutes. And um, that was coded language for bring Kyrie back. Um, and uh, they were already applying that internal pressure, and the Nets were already feeling it, because while they have a good record, they were really playing Durant and Harden a lot of minutes. That was a yeah. legitimate uh, concern. Not wasn't just them trying to get Kyrie back. That was a true concern. And against top teams, against the best teams in both conferences, the Nets were, were taking it on the chin. They had a great record against um, you know, teams in the sort of middle of the bottom of the pack. They pretty much won all those games, but they were clearly not good enough. And so, I have no idea how uh, you, you, can, you can go forward where one of your best players can only play half of the games, but I think they're basically saying we're going to just hope for the best, even though it was a, you know, a bad public look. It was a, a fight they were losing in their own locker room. Yes,
1: yeah, it looks spineless, actually. But, you know, and only because they took the high ground position to begin with, which they didn't have to do, right? I mean, they were, they were caught with their own words at that point. But it does look it does look bad unless they win the championship, and then no one will care. But do people like Kyrie Irving? Do they like him?
4: His his key teammates like him, Harden and, okay. and Durant like him, and okay. you know Kevin Durant is is such an incredible player that best. I think most teams in this league would probably bend over backwards to cater to Kevin Durant, and it would probably be the right decision. And I think the Nets did the uh, the arithmetic and, you know, said, all right, we're going to take them on the chin publicly, but we need okay. to win with Durant. And that's what happened.
1: It's been great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And stay safe, as we know you wish for everybody else, as you, you go too, to Christmas Tony. Day. You Brian Windhorst, boys and girls. Love Brian Windhorst. Uh, we'll take a break, and we'll come back. We'll talk to Chris about a lot of these same things, really, because you cannot talk about your daily life without mentioning This virus, I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The
4: Tony Kornheiser
1: Show. This is a Simply Safe read. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than now. This week, Simply Safe is giving listeners early access to all of their holiday deals, 40% off their award-winning home security. Simply Safe has everything you need to make your home safe, indoor and outdoor cameras, Comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. What they don't have is chess.
0: Okay? (laughs) That's right. Big dog. Foolproof.
1: Nothing is is better (laughs) than a big dog. But without the dog, you should know that Simply Safe was even named Best Home Security System of 2021 by US News and World Report. And you can easily customize a system for your home online in minutes, even get free custom recommendations from Simply Safe. These are Simply Safe's biggest discounts of the year. You can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100. And I'm adding parenthetically, you'd be a fool not to look into this. Take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday deals. Get forty percent off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com/tony for the nine thousandth time. Simply is spelled S-I-M-P-L-I. Again, that's simplysafe.com/tony for forty percent off your entire system. Use the code, people. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Harper's. H-A-R-P-E-R, as in Bryce Harper, not H-A-R-P-U-R. Yes, Harper's Magazine and Harper's Bazaar, not H-A-R-P-U-R, where I went to college. That's right. Different. Uh, This is called Land of Milk and Honey, and this is going to play in Chris um, if to talk at great length. Nigel, if, if original music is sent to us... What is the process for us to receive it?
2: Oh, you can send it to us at jingles at Tony Let me get that correct. Uh, and we do ask that it's 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 your original music, not a cover of a song, not your you know your cousin or anything like that. Unless you can get them to email us with their permission as well. As we say, don't send us Paul McCartney or Bruce Springsteen. It's got to be your music. Well, but we love send it. Send a little
3: song like I call "Get Back." You know,
2: we like their music. <laughs> we do, we do, and we've got so much music yeah. in in the Hopper. It's 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 amazing, and everybody is so incredibly yeah. talented. I
1: really like Harper. That's yeah. my it's kind good. of music. Yeah. All right. So let me get to let me begin this by saying I thought about this last night. I thought, well, what am I going to talk to Chris about other than COVID and a national response to COVID? And the answer was, I really had no idea because <laughs> to me, that was something that affects all of our lives. And I began to think how to phrase this. Um, and so I went back into my very rudimentary uh, knowledge of history and talk, thought to myself about the difference between Europe and America. Because Europe seems to be able to have national policies, mm-hmm. much more so than the United States. Keyword: states. Europe descends from kings. Europe descends from absolute authority. European countries are small. They are ethnic. You know, everybody's related. They're everybody homogenous. Else. Yeah. yeah and they had a king. Yeah. And the king said, this is a way we're going to do it. And it wasn't a Supreme Court. And it, it wasn't anything like that. There was the king. And that's how, historically, Europe is able to do the things that they do, it seems to me. In the United States, we've never been able to do that. We don't have a king. And our president, for all the power our president has... Every time the president does something that some constituency doesn't like in a state, the states say, whoa, 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 states' rights. What are we talking about here? The only reason we're the United States of America is because we've agreed to join you. But we haven't given up sovereignty completely to you. We may give it up on taxes. We have our own taxes. We don't allow, am I right on this? We don't allow for national policy. It's very, very hard. National policy is hard. Well,
3: and in some cases, just to make to add to your point, national policy and state policy contradict one another. It, yes. It's uh, Smoking marijuana is still illegal nationally,
1: but it's legal in a number of states right. just to make any sense. but yeah. So I know that the president is supposed to speak tonight.
3: Yeah, this so, afternoon.
1: Yep. Well, um, what power does he well, have? Well, so just to, to, to
3: make your point, so the Netherlands... Um, Like many countries in Europe, Omicron hit them before us, and they had, I think, less cases than we do now, and they're like, that's it, full lockdown, can't come out of your house, you know, we'll arrest you for 15 days. We're not going to do that. I mean, the closest we came to that was in the spring of last year. Was it last year? Yes, the spring of last year, you know, right when it hit, where where it was like, let's... Uh, flatten the curve, let you know that the but again, it wasn't like th- there weren't cops waiting at the target to arrest you if you went to the target right but so we're not going to do that, so what is he going to do? Um, they're going to announce that it they're going to send you a free test kit, rapid test kit for anyone who wants them five hundred million they're going to make five hundred million test kits available um by when by tonight I I think relatively soon really um they're going to push you know a lot of the stuff you've heard right they're going to push vaccination they're going to push boosters well we I mean he's been doing that for since he got into office and we still have 30 percent of the public still unvaccinated well, so like I you know at some point it does, to your point, Tony, it does speak to the limits of what any authority in this country can do. A lot of people say that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, we don't we don't want to live in a country where they say you must do X thing because you, who knows what the next guy who gets in, who makes a rule that says you must do X thing, and it, it, it's really bad. Well, obviously, history is littered with going down that road. Um, but it's really hard from my perspective, and you know, I think yours, too. What's hard for me is I got both shots. I got boosted. My wife, same. My mom, same. Both my kids are now fully vaccinated. My littler one as of Sunday. What's hard is that it's not people say it's a personal decision. It's a personal decision. The thing that's hard for me is it's not totally a personal decision in that the more people the virus infects, the higher likelihood it mutates, the higher likelihood we have future things like omicron you know these these sure. more dangerous mutations sure. so it's not it's not solely like well i don't want to wear a seat belt and if i get in a car accident i'm the only one in the car so, okay like i think that's dumb but but this is it's more of a collective thing and we're not great at doing things for the quote-unquote collective good i don't know if we ever have been but at this point we're not so i there's only so much biden can serve and i would say this if it was trump if it was uh bernie sanders if you know whoever was elected president there's only so much they can do i mean you, you, you can't literally go to people's
1: houses and jab them in the arm you talk about having tests I don't know, test will show you whether you have it or you don't mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. Not the next day. That's right. Not six and hours. And we've seen that over in and that, over again. People moment. test negative, negative, and we positive. Just, we just spent a whole lot of time talking with Brian Windhorst about athletes who are vaccinated. Athletes. Better bodies than the rest of us. Vaccinated. Coming down with this time and time and time and time, and time again. Um, if I were on that side of the street and I didn't want a vaccination, I would say, well, what good is it? So look what happens. What good? Why are you forcing me to get it? You know, and again, people know I'll get it. I'll get yours if you don't want it, right? You got but, any extras? But but if I were on the other side of the street, totally, I would say, hey, doesn't even work.
3: So I think you, when you were talking to Brian, it was exactly what the the kind of transformation I've had in my thinking, which is for the last eighteen months ish, my belief has been that. I'm getting vaccinated to prevent myself from getting the virus. That's what I thought. And then all of a sudden, I literally remember it. It was last Thursday. I was at work and there was it was like it was like that day when Rudy Gobert and Tom Hanks and, you know, the, the first big day. It felt like that all over again. It was like literally everyone I knew It was like, this person has it. This person, this person uh, got exposed to it. There were, I got three emails from my kids' school that people had. It was like all, and I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, I, my, the thing that I struggle with is like, I feel like I followed all the rules the way you're supposed to. I got the first shot when you're supposed to. I got the second shot when you're supposed to. I got the booster. We've been socially distancing. I wear masks inside. And now all of a sudden, last Thursday, it was like, well, everybody's going to get it. And I was like, "Wait,
1: what? Yeah,
3: what the hell? <laughs> like, I just spent eighteen months trying not to get it, and i i I can't decide whether that's my own wishful thinking that about the vaccine that they always because it is true. I think for the most part, these these Pfizer and Moderna and and, and Johnson Johnson, I think it was always like." Get vaccinated. It's ninety seven percent effective in preventing serious illness. But what I heard was ninety seven percent effective in not me not getting sick. And so I think it might just be my own well, misconception that that now it's really come home to roost. Like holy, like this is th- th-
1: what I thought it was and what it is are different. And that's to your point. Yeah, you like those- Wilbon. Wilbon is correct. I am not correct. But I am old enough. If you say to me vaccine. There's only one I in my totally life. Agree. It's polio. And polio got wiped out. Yep. So if you say I'm vaccinated. Totally agree. I'm thinking I'm not getting this it, 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 because it. of polio. I'm too old, <laughs> you know, because
3: I remember that. No, no, no. Because, I mean, I don't, but that's what I thought, too. Yeah. The truth is, like with the flu shot that you get, I, I have, I get, you get, it, right, right, Nigel? Here. Yeah. If I got the flu, which I have having got the flu shot in the past, I'm not like apoplectic because I know that they're trying to figure out what strains of the flu are going to be dominant. It's not always right. This year, in fact, I think they missed it. Great. Just another thing we need. They they didn't do a good job. Thanks, (laughs) thanks, science. Uh, But it's the flu shot. If they had called it the COVID shot rather than the COVID vaccine, yeah. I totally agree with you. When my kids go and get the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, they're not getting getting measles. It's been eradicated. Yeah. And again, is that a mislabeling? Is that a misconception on my part? Like, I don't know, but I will tell you, I spent up until last week, assuming that these vaccines and these boosters, that I I would not get it. Me too. And now I'm like, you know, Larry Hogan, governor of Maryland, boosted, got it yesterday. You know, it's like, and and some of that's this variant, right? It it, it is more transmissible. It's different enough from the past ones. But, like, it is difficult to not feel as though you were sold a bit of a bill of goods. Now, I I think I added, I think I wanted to hear certain Mm -hmm. things, right? I mean, but...
1: It's like, what the hell have we been doing these last 18 months? So I'll just bring it around again to the fact that Biden is going to say whatever he's going to say.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Do you feel that he's been effective? Do you feel that his leadership has been effective? And it's okay to say nobody could do any better on this, but do you feel that he has been forceful? So I would say nobody could do any better, but...
3: He ran expressly on return of competence and specifically return of competence as it related to dealing with the virus. Yes. So if you run and say, look, it's an, it's an infectious disease, like politi- we can- <laughs> politics doesn't solve that. Okay. But when you run and say, we, we're going to get this virus under control, we have a plan, and then you have Kamala Harris come out last week in the Los Angeles Times and say delta caught us by surprise omicron caught us by surprise you're like what what, what do you mean what like do you, mean? How you were and again yes it is an impossible task To say we're going to conquer an infectious disease, it'd be like you know you're the president of wherever during the Black Plague, and you're like, oh, we're going to take care of this. Yeah, just uh, a little cleanliness and (laughs) sterilization. Like it's yeah, it's it's an it's it's an ungovernable task. The problem is when you run for the top position in this country, and you run expressly on this last guy is incompetent and does a bunch of crazy stuff and i'm not going to do any of that stuff and the only way that we're going to get back to quote unquote normal economically schools whatever is to get this virus under control and then the virus is raging the blame has to fall somewhere and yeah i mean i think i i think when you say what he said you're setting yourself up for failure it's it's like all these predictions i read about like a month ago, it's like, well, once the Delta surge, is, it's starting to ebb. There's no way we're going to have another surge because there's enough people who have gotten it and who are vaccinated and boosted. And Still it's like, it, wait, it. what
1: now? Windhorse not, just said, guy got it for the fourth, fourth time. time. Yeah. Right.
3: Like, like, let's stop. Let's go ahead and stop making the predictions about, like, how many surges are, are are all the surges. So I think, yeah, Biden set himself an impossible task, but he set himself the task. So he will be judged by it. And I don't, it how the virus goes will be how his presidency goes. If the virus continues on, it'd be very hard.
1: For us and it is unstoppable. It, like nothing he can do can stop no. it. It may stop itself. Well, and you can't, it's, it's, and again, yeah. to what we talked about, he can't go to
3: people's homes right. and be like, knock, knock, <laughs> boom, and then like run, you know, like give him a quick jab. <laughs> and there's, you know, some people just can't be reached. I mean, like, I feel like it's, I feel like not getting vaccinated at this point is like smoking. It's like, if you want to take up smoking today, you kind of know the risks. It's not like when my dad was a kid where it was like your doctor smoked, right? Like, you know the deal. It's bad for you. It may not kill you, but it's likely to contribute to it. Well, this isn't a year ago. We've seen however hundreds of millions of people be vaccinated across the country and across the world. We know that it helps. Prevent severe illness. We know that it helps, maybe in terms of your infect your possibility of infection. Like I, I don't. What's the message that all of a sudden people are like? Oh, you wake up. Oh man, I haven't been vaccinated. Like Kyrie Irving. You know what? I'm going to get vaccinated. I mean, it's just not. If you're down this road this long, that's right. I think you're basically unreachable that's by deliberate. any any message. Yes, it's deliberate. And so I don't know what any politician, celebrity, entertain. I don't know what anyone does. To change that. But again... But you're the president. That yeah. you ran on fixing this. Yeah.
1: We didn't. The three of us didn't. And, and the, whatever he tries to do, there's a governor who stands up mm-hmm. 10 seconds later and says, we're not having any of this. You can't tell us what to do. And then they always... The fallback is always, this is the United States of America. You can't tell me what to do. And all you want to say back is... Well, we should be allowed to tell you what to do because you're killing not just you, but everybody else you come in contact with. And yet, you know, I was perfectly willing to believe, and I think Anthony Fauci's probably a wonderful guy and a great neighbor. I was perfectly willing to believe everything he said. It doesn't seem like just wearing a mask is working out. Nope. It doesn't seem that way. And when people say follow the science, the science changes. The more you learn the different your conclusions may become. And what you accept to be real in October by December is not necessarily the science anymore because of the research involved, right? And, yes. So we're, and, we're, we're all on this, we're on this terrible sort of obstacle course.
3: Yeah, and I think the other thing too is, I mean, I, I was... I'm reading obviously, I consume too much news, but i you know I'm reading all the news about about omicron and it's now seventy five percent of the cases and stuff and then like I'm driving by restaurants and there's like there's people in there. I went to the mall yesterday, my wife's birthday is is tomorrow I went to the mall to, to get her something There's a ton of people in there without masks on a ton, and I think oh, I people are just kinda of sick of it, yeah, and I mean, it's kind you know was, I was mean, it's just, I mentioned just this
1: when I got back from Delaware that the Black Friday was what it always was. Zoo, right? Or yeah. what it always was. Yeah. Half the people maybe had masks. Yeah. Maybe. But that meant half didn't. Right. Oh, and, and you go, really? Really? Anyway, thank you. We'll take a break. We'll come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show.
0: Here comes, here comes Tony's Bill He's got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Mr. Tony's mailbag. He's gonna read some for all you folks. Rejoice, rejoice. (laughs) It's that time of the show, perhaps he'll read yours, most likely he
1: won't. So, so beautifully good. Gregorian, it's more yes. Schaefer and the Schaeferettes. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Send Just get Chris home with a couple of bagels. Yeah, that's there. right. Oh, is that
3: true? That's yes, absolutely the true. Prize. Yeah, how wow, about that? that you really saved that
2: to the end. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop
1: on in, and you'll be thrilled, my friend. I'm already thrilled. Nigel presents lyrics every single day. He told me I would not know these, but he said you would. Okay. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. I, I want don't want to know- wanna wait for our lives to be over. It's the opening of Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I don't never saw Dawson. What? Creek. I want to know right now what will it be. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. Will it be yes or will it be sorry? Is that Yeah. It? Yeah.
3: Uh, Dawson, Pacey,
2: Joey. There you go. That's for you. Merry Christmas. That's
3: so good. Thanks. Josh for- Jackson was the star of that show. Don't ever tell me different. <laughs>
1: Thanks to our guests today, Brian Windhorst and Chris, who was just talking. <laughs> Thanks to today's sponsor, Simply Safe and Express VPN. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple pod- Podcasts, please leave us a review. We got this a couple of weeks ago from uh, Brandon Costello. He's oh, now Brandon formerly, Costello, That's course. right. Formerly Boker. Singer Boker. Songwriter. Formerly Boker. Kentucky. Says Dr. Porthauser, in the vein of singer songwriter, if James Taylor and Paul Simon are at the top, where am I? Hoping from middle-ish somewhere. <laughs> okay, sure. Okay. Yeah, you're, in the, you're in the hundreds. <laughs> from Dan Moore um, in Winnipeg. When it comes to picking the Grey Cup, which was last week, yeah. it seems obvious that Reginald would choose the Blue Bombers to win since his good friend Bud Grant coached the Bombers before going to Minnesota. In his ten seasons, Grant led the team to six Grey Cup appearances and four championships all against Hamilton, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. The most famous of these Grey Cups was the one in 1962, the original Fog Bowl. The game started on Saturday and was also seen in the U.S. uh, via Wide World of Sports. However, the fog was so bad that the game was stopped in the fourth quarter, with (laughs) the Bombers leading 28-27. It was continued the following day, but no one in the U.S. was able to see the conclusion, with the final score remaining the same. A footnote, prior to Grant coaching the Bombers, they had someone else as head coach who you may have heard of, Ali Sherman, who coached the New York football Giants. P.S. It can't be overstated how much I enjoy the show and its influence. There are currently two Mitch album books and a Revolution toaster as gifts under the Christmas
3: tree. Oh, he's been an Edmonton Rough Riders guy. You like them?
1: It's a, it's, I thought it was the Calgary Rough Riders. Yeah. Like
3: I said, Edmonton Rough Riders. <laughs>
1: Connor McDavid at center. Uh, Mark Finer, <laughs> Greenwich, Connecticut. I commend to you a piece of... In the post about the Brothers Sands, or for your purposes, the other Brothers Sands. James Sands, a key reason NYCFC, that's soccer, is vying for the MLS title, and that was last week. And I think. And they won. And penalty and kicks. twin, Will Sands, one of three All-Americans hoping to lead Georgetown's yes, men's great soccer... great story. ...to its second national title in three years, and they did not win. They lost. They
3: should have won, but they lost in the semifinals. Uh, Clemson ultimately won.
1: They're both tremendous soccer players and great kids, and yet they are tied for third as my favorite Sands. Their older sister, Lizzie, played soccer uh, at the high school where I teach and was among my daughter's favorite babysitters, and their oldest sister, Kate... Was also a standout on our soccer team and is now a colleague in the English department here and teaching my own daughter, who watched every game both girls played for our school and once had a ball with Kate's signature proudly displayed on her mantle. Lizzie and Kate played at Bowdoin and Williams, with Kate bringing home two Division Three championships. Forgive the schmaltz, but with so many lousy sports stories, it's nice to see a great one now and then, and I know you don't have much time for soccer, but following the Sands kids will bring the same kind of joy that watching Brooke Forty has. Keep your eye on them.
3: That was a Steve Goff story. And Will Sands is a wonderful player for Georgetown. Yes. Nice
1: to know. From Alan Busink in Leopold, Missouri. I was listening to a Monday show in your conversation about the GPT-3 supercomputer. And I must say I was <laughs> surprised at your willingness to bow at the altar of this new technology. I myself was not so impressed. For instance, in the Sinatra story by Gay Talese, the supercomputer's sentence included something about Sinatra's four male friends presumably the Rat Pack. However, that was not mentioned by Talise in the story, and they likely weren't even there. I was able to get my hands on the GPT-3 program, and I thought I'd run my own test. I typed in the three first three lines from your show about using a five-year-old coupon in your daily email from DG, <laughs> and this was the next line spit out by the language supercomputer. Eat it, Silliza. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the computer works. And stand it does. stand corrected. Don't but argue. We'll i you in at the feet of our language supercomputer. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Shaner in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. <laughs> Our family has never had a go-to traditional meal for Christmas dinner, but this year we're making bacon-wrapped pork loin inspired oh. by Elizabeth's menu for Thanksgiving. It sounded delicious. Any chance you could share the recipe or some pointers for a little? Maybe the show should start a nice holiday recipe exchange. I don't know how she made it because well, she's you, a chef and she's great. You, you, you take the pork,
2: pork and you, you pork, wrap yeah. it with bacon. bacon. And and boil it for it. about five hours. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Here's a haiku for full moons <laughs> from Shad, uh, but Grandpa isn't... That the same exact same full moon we just saw last month? No, not exact same. (laughs) Well, not exactly the same. Waxing (laughs) gibbous. You know, from Rich Ottinger in Albany, New York. You made a declarative statement on the show last week that Michael Nesmith is a monkey but I didn't catch what his record was for the season. Can he, <laughs> can he see Mount 500 from where he was? Johnny Walker Blue. <laughs> from Nick Osley or Owsley in Cambridge, Massachusetts, what seems to have gotten lost during the recent discussion around your electrical troubles is your humble brag that you have six outlets in your kitchen area. Is that like being able to afford a two-bathrobe hotel room? We have six outlets in the kitchen area. They redid the, They redid the kitchen yes i just i
3: cannot get my wine cellar the right temperature yeah yeah, it's crazy one one degree up one degree down
2: somebody needs to be fired
3: it's well it's right next to the
1: spa (laughs) from don sleet in independence missouri i can't begin to tell you how much i was looking forward to telling my grandchildren this christmas how lucky they were they were to be receiving the latest entry in the toy hall of fame sand (laughs) inexplicably our local quarry didn't have a black friday or a cyber monday sale I'm hoping you can provide a code. I love my grandkids and all, but I don't want to pay full price. <laughs> Hopefully, express shipping will be included because I'm afraid I've held out too long. This reminds me of something. Do we have time for me to just do a minute? Sure. It, it's called the Tony Corneas yeah, literally. Yeah. We'll clear some things out. There you we go. We ordered holiday cards. <laughs> we ordered holiday cards from you know, a company, an online company. We sent them a picture. It's a picture of the dog. The front of the card was Happy Holidays. Picture of the dog. It says, Here's looking at you, kid. And it says, from Carol, Tony, and Chessie. It's a beautiful picture of the dog. On the back are a couple of pictures of Bootsy and a Hammer at the beach. And it's just, you know, it's either labeled worker crew or beach patrol or whatever it is. It doesn't even list their names. That's the card that we have. That's the card that we ordered. That's it. That's the card. That card was promised to us for delivery no later than December 13th, when it was bought on December 3rd. We don't have it. We don't have them. Mm. Well, Carol called up, and they said they'd refund the money. What good does that do you? Doesn't do me a whole lot of good. Yeah, you know who I am. We don't have cards, and we, you know, everybody sends us cards. We're grateful for all the cards, and we like to return the cards. We bought seventy-five cards, we bought them, but we don't have them. I got the Michael and Liv's card. Yeah, there's a beautiful, lovely. But we don't, you know. So I'm, I'm just saying this to, to sort of ward you off at the pass. You're saying, God, he didn't even send a card. Don't have them, but we would have sent you one, right? All, all yeah. those people
3: out there listening, you would have got
1: one. But these supply well, chain issues—we have so issues. many people exactly. who send cards who are listeners. Yeah, it's so nice, it's, it's so lovely. sweet, and you know. Anyway, anyway, sorry if you're out on your bike to Everyone, as always, do wear white. Well, that's about it from me. I'd just like to say all the best for Christmas and a
0: happy New Year. Thanks, Lovely. You know I- The flow like a river running I'm not sure where to turn When the cards come tumbling I didn't come here To get it all took from me Or I'd be sleeping in the sands of California Make another dollar to send back for you Broken on the banks of the Mississippi Caught between the alleys of this sorry city